Hello and welcome to Just Ride Bikes. I'm David and I'm joined today by Matt. And in this video, we're going to go through some of the changes in the 2022 World Tour uh, Peloton. So the bikes, equipment and the clothing you can expect to see in the first race of the season uh, coming up fairly soon. Now this time of year is always interesting and exciting because it's a musical chairs really where teams swap bikes and different group sets and the clothing design changes. So spotting your favorite rider or team in that first race can be pretty tricky, but hopefully this video will help you uh, spot your favorite riders. Uh, the biggest news so far that you pointed out in your uh, nice document that you prepared for this is the fact that Giant is back in the World Tour Peloton. Yeah, it certainly is big news. And uh, Giant's been away for the last two years uh, when CCC uh, folded back in, uh, I think it was back in the 2020. And uh, yeah, to see Giant back, back that's uh, great news. That's some seriously light tech back in the World Tour. Um, yeah, the TCR that we're seeing Simon Yates ride, we expect that to be really, really light. That could be underneath the UCI weight limit as well, even with the 45 mil wheels that he's been pictures with. So it's really good to see them back as well. Yeah, I agree. I think it's um, I think everybody missed Giant in the pro peloton in the last couple of years, so it's good to see them back. And um, I've got to say, the paint jobs look pretty good. I am a sucker for a fade, and that sort of a uh, fade looks pretty good, and it matches the kit as well. So I think they've done a, a nice cohesive bike and uh kit design so yeah top marks for me i think that's a solid seven out of ten if we're giving ratings which are not but just did so <laughs> yeah it's certainly a certainly a different paint job to their last uh their last uh world tour bikes uh when there was ccc it was just a plain back uh black matte black finish uh, and then obviously they went to town a bit with uh, uh greg van avon and the and the gold uh olympic champions bike uh but otherwise it's it screams 90s retro it's very uh yeah, yeah, very retro. The 90s are back in fashion, aren't they? Um, so yeah, that's a that's a big news, really. They're back in the peloton. Uh, hopefully Simon Yates will give them a, um, a podium, at least maybe even better. Um, see how their form is doing. And so Duro's group sets, uh, the picture with the old 11 speed, I'm sure they'll be on 12 speed at some point, and their own Cadex wheels, which um, gives them the option of tubeless. And I think they switched over to Conti, Continental for tyres. So hopefully you might see them on tubeless. Uh, going forward something to watch out for we don't know at this stage yet what they'll be riding do we but yeah it looks like those kdex wheels i think they're hookless um i think they're a hookless 45 so it could be that they're actually the gp 5000 s trs um you can sort of see what looks like a tubeless valve on that on on, on the pictures that have been released and from the from the, the bike that yates has got with him it looks like it's probably actually the 12 speed group set but with that dura race crank set from the 11 speed looks like a 9100p power, uh, power meter chain set that's a good spot actually can you see from the hoods that they are the newer hoods aren't they so yeah they're using the old yeah, cranks. That's interesting. Got that. they've got that little funky angle in on the uh, on the top of the hoods and uh, the disc rotors as well they're the X xtr ones so saving a little bit of weight there which is a bit crafty but that bike's going to be really light even with the aero wheels so yeah good bike yeah, it'd be interesting to see how close to the UCI weight limit that bike is. So hopefully we can get a closer look at some point and see how, how close it is to 6.8 uh, limit. So that's um yeah, that's the first one on the list. And then on to the next bike. It's probably quite a big change because uh, Team Total Energy are now on specialized bikes with the signing of Peter Sagan. So it's a pretty serious upgrade for a French team, I think, to get Peter Sagan and uh, the you know, the might of specialized. And we got a picture of a Tarmac SL7 there. So this is a special paint job for Peter Sagan. He always gets a custom paint job, and I think it looks pretty fine. I have to say. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, really nice. The, the SL7 is a is a good looking bike. Uh, you know, 
plays on, on, on the old Tarmac SL6 and a couple of aero touches from the Venge. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a nice bike. And the I think we can see there it's got the 11-speed Dura race rather than rather than 12-speed, but also with the XTR rotors. Um, hopefully Sagan's going to be going to be doing some some good jobs there with the uh, with the sprints at uh, if they're invited to the tour that is um, and the stages uh, that he might be able to win there the the rest of the team they're on a they're on a red a red finish uh, nice nice red fade I think aren't they be interesting to see how it gets on and the bike definitely looks good I like in the contrasting uh, seat post on that frame so yeah nice bike and then sticking with a specialized theme we've got the quick step alpha vinyl bikes that's now called uh, so SL7, the same. Got a nice, very nice paint job actually, liking that. And we have the first sighting uh, of this year on a pro bike of the new 12-speed Shimano Dura. So those bikes are pretty hot, don't they, I think? Yeah, that quick that quick step train is, is certainly a fast train to be on. And uh, I think, yeah, there's going to be more success with the, with those bikes this year, both in the in the high mountains and on the uh, on the classic stages and, and the flat sprints as well. Mm, definitely. And I think one of the interesting things to watch out for, if we've seen the last... Uh, 12 months with the team is uh specializing roval and and what tires and setup they use i know they've been using uh, latex in tubes and tubeless a little bit so what they use going forward will be interesting to watch out for i don't think we can tell from this photo what they're actually using i'm guessing it's just on clincher tires they probably aren't they but it looks like clincher tires uh, from the shape of the inner tube uh, from the shape of the valve that you can see dropping down normally you'd see a little bit of chunk where the valve goes back to the rim for the uh, that tubeless uh uh, nut to, to fasten it to the rim uh, to get that seal. So it looks like we're right, just got yeah. inner tubes on for the uh, for the photos, but you can certainly imagine that they'll be using tubeless tech for for most of the races. Cool, that's them. And then on to the next big team is uh, Ineos Grenadiers. So they're on the Dogma F, which was rolled out halfway through the season last year. So I don't think they use it much today, really, but they are using it this season. And they've got some pictures from the training camp, and they're all on the Dogma F. Most of them using disc brakes. I guess a big question there is around whether you use disc brakes or rim brakes. I guess they have the option. The Dogma F is available with both. Um, I guess eventually they will all switch to disc brakes. It seems crazy if they don't, but we might see a mix this season. What's your thoughts on them using disc or rim brakes? I think we, we all knew it was going to be inevitable that disc brakes were going to have a, uh, a firm monopoly in 100% of riders using them in the peloton. Um, I do have a sneaky hunch about this, that... Um, when it gets to the high mountains in particular, we'll see riders, especially in the GC, and their 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 sort of left uh, lieutenant, their right hand man, so to speak, um, riding a rim brake bike with them. Because I think if we look back to I think there's a 2020, 2020 uh, Tour de France when Richie Port got a, a puncture on a mountain stage, and he ended up slipping back on the GC, uh, but he had Balcomolima his teammate with him, but couldn't get a wheel change. Um, obviously, two different size riders okay. can't switch bikes. Um, I think from the wheel change perspective and GC hopes for the high mountains where there's no descent, uh, switching to rim brakes for those stages would be a good idea. Um, but obviously stuff like inventory management, spare bikes, spare wheels, all those kind of things, logistics just plays a big part of this as well. I wouldn't be surprised to see them on rim brakes for those kind of stages, but looks like they've all moved to disc now. So, you know, get your disc brake bike out. Yeah, I mean, we've not had a, a definite um kind of confirmation out of the team um i think they've cited wheel change like you say as being one of the issues and weight being the other issue but we know the dogma f is lighter um so it remains to be seen really and we we've seen them dabble with some crazy lightweight wheels uh last year so we might see that again this year so yeah uh definitely one to watch um 
from the aero perspective, there's no difference. There's very little uh, in there. Uh, Rim brakes are marginally more aero, but um, it's still debated. But from what I know, I think it's uh, it's a two-watt penalty or something like that. Is that it? Yeah, it's not slowing down other riders, is it? Matteo van der Poel and uh, Alaphilippe are all on disc brakes, so they're doing pretty well with disc brakes. So, um, yeah, time will tell. But yeah, I don't see any other changes. I guess yeah, business is normal, really, isn't it? Just whether you use disc brakes or rim brakes, same tyres, same selection of wheels. Uh, the bike's got a slight refresh in the paint jobs. It's a lot more red on it this year than last year, I think. Yeah, lots, lots of lots of more red, and I believe the paint jobs for. Uh, for Ineos, they're partnered with a company down in Silverstone, um, a company called Silverstone Paints. Uh, they are using the Formula One technology paint, super lightweight paint jobs. Uh, normally, a paint job would add uh, a couple of hundred grams to a frame. Um, these are said to be somewhere in the region of like under 100, um, which is fantastic tech, which means they can show off all the sponsors' logos, but you know, still keep the weight off. Even more marginal gains then. Love it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got to comment on the uh, the socks over the um the leg warmers not sure about that personally but uh we'll leave that for the comments to decide on that one so that's that bikes that's all the bikes we've had released so far it's still early in I mean, january the 5th at the time of filming so we might see more bikes be released over the next few days so we can update this uh, as we go uh group sets i guess a big change is shimano's new dual race r9200 12 speed launched last year didn't really show up in the pro peloton but we expect it to be rolled out of this year um i guess given the supply issues it might take a while before all the teams um and they do supply a lot of teams almost kind of all the teams really so it might take a while before all the teams are on it but um what are your thoughts on shimano 12 speed and supplying all the teams i think they i think they will certainly there are i think there's eight eight teams that are officially sponsored by shimano and um, those teams will be okay. on that sort of priority list uh I believe it's uh, teams like uh, the Ineos Grenadiers, uh, Quick Step, uh, Scott, uh, Team DSM, uh, and I think Jumbo Visma. Yeah. All those teams that can get this really special uh, tech, um, like extra large chamberings on request, for example, for a TT. Um, those teams, they'll all be sorted. Uh, they they probably will have been sorted long in advance. I have seen uh, from teams like uh, Israel Startup Nation that I think they're currently training on 11 speed bikes. Uh, they're not sponsored by Shimano. They buy in all their group sets uh, from Shimano, uh, okay. which is why they run stuff like the ceramic speed pulley wheel systems. Whether they'll have 12 speed, they might be saving it for the, for the race days. Uh, it's anybody's guess at the moment, really. The supply chain issues are, are all over the shop with the, with the industry at the moment. So anybody's guess. And switching from 11 speed to 12 speed might seem like a pretty trivial thing, but, when there's hundreds of bikes in each team and all the spare wheels and cassettes that's a lot of components a lot of parts um so yeah it's going to take them a while i think to get them all up to speed and make sure mechanics uh, know how to work the new stuff and normally they try and do it you know during the off season rather than during the season because that's the last time you want to try and change equipment isn't it so if they don't do yeah. it during the off season they might they could potentially leave it till next year before they make the switch if they haven't already. Yeah, and I think, uh, I, I mean, yeah, as I said, the whole logistics is, is a massive part of it, but there's also, for some of the teams, there's a cost element involved as well. Um, teams like Israel Startup Nation, they don't, they, they buy their group sets in. Um, I remember seeing a few years back, uh, AG2R uh, or Azure Desire, they were riding uh, Dura Race uh, uh, shifters, derailers, but they were actually using Altegra level uh, 
cassettes and chains just to keep the cost down because of how okay. quickly they go, the riders go through them. So there'll be some of that going off as well. So some teams will be making stock of the old Tegra 12-speed components. No doubt, I imagine that's that's very likely to happen. Uh, you know, there's, there's no difference between Ortega and Durace apart from the weight and, uh, you know, performance-wise, it's about the same. So that, that'll that be sort of where I see that going. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I think you could also argue that the teams on 11-speed who are buying their own might say, we don't need 12-speed. 11-speed works just fine. 12-speed uh, doesn't get us any real advantage uh, other than you know, wheel change from the neutral support, perhaps. But um, and maybe just be pressure from Shimano to, hey, you've got to buy a new group set. But they might say no, give it put it off for twelve months perhaps, and so we might see a mix of yeah twelve and eleven dual race in the pro peloton this year, and a bit of Altegra here and there. So yeah, an interesting yeah, one to watch out for, I think. And I certainly expect a lot more of the uh, the, the pro conti level teams. I certainly expect those more of those to be riding eleven speed than we'd expect to see the world tour teams. Um, but yeah. that's sort of just a hunch, really. Campag have lost one team, a Lotto Sudal switched to uh, Shimano. Um, we don't know what Campag or SRAM might have up the sleeves for new groups this year, but no, I'm sure they'll have something. 13-speed Campag or SRAM, who knows? So um, I'll have to watch the space on that one. So we've done bikes, we've done group sets, and now we're getting to really interesting stuff. And this is what you really got into is you identified loads of quite big clothing-sponsored changes, which we don't normally see um, in the Pro Peloton and lots of musical chairs here. Really. So I'll let you take it from here let's start with uh Ineos Grandier is probably the biggest change or clothing sponsor or supplier uh for 2022 yeah so with the uh with the 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 2020 uh season lots of kits have changed hands um uh, we now see the Ineos Grenadiers they announced theirs earlier um in the season that they will be using BioRacer that's an interesting move BioRacer have usually made some very fast skin suits um they've they're, they're known to be using 3d scanning to to scan tt skin suits around the riders uh, optimizing seam lines so that's going to be a really interesting switch to see what kind of skin suit level technology that riders are going to be using on those tt stages um we know that ineos love a tt uh they're the they're the uh the owners of the marginal gains philosophy um so really do expect some some fast kit to be worn uh, worn by those guys and with Castelli leaving Ineos they join Quickstep Alpha Vinyl that's a, 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 a change I didn't really see coming um, but that's some really fast skin suits on the back of Alaphilippe in a TT as well so that's going to give uh, you know, the guys at Ineos the G- and other GC leaders that's going to give them a lot to think about for a TT that's that's a, that's a nice switch up uh, Bora Hansgrohe leaves Sportful obviously uh, Peter Sagan has left Bora He's probably likely looks like it's, he's taken that sponsorship with him to uh, Total Energy. Uh, but uh, British brand Lacole see their return back to the World Tour with Bora after they did sponsor Bahrain McLaren, uh, now Bahrain Victorious. That's right, yeah. So that's a, that's an interesting swap. Yanto has worked hard on developing some fast skin suits. Um, so that's that's quite interesting to see. It's, it's great to see them in the Pro Peloton a couple of years ago with... Uh... Bahrain, like you say, it's a shame to see them leave, but now I see them back as good. And they have come a long way. In, I, mean, I can't remember where they launched, actually. And I actually got to go and see Yanto at the Silverstone uh, Wind Tunnel last year for a feature. And they were trying out some new speed suits and skin suits developed with McLaren. And it's really fascinating to see them 
kind of really pushing the clothing technology as much as possible. So I do expect big things from the from the brand and the, and the team, hopefully. So yeah, so it'd be a, a one to watch very closely, I think, to what they roll out and how the riders do with that clothing. Uh, Movistar and uh, they, they're fin- they're they're leaving Alle um, for uh, La Passion, uh, a brand I'm not too familiar with. We'll have to see. It's a nice looking kit though. Um, it's got a, a touch of Team Sky uh, to the to the horizontal stripes. I think. Yeah, there's not a brand I'm unfamiliar with either, to be honest. But like I say the horizontal stripes definitely reminiscent of uh, yeah, Team Sky and that sort of the M become more of a mustache every year. I think. But, um... And then we've got Cofidis. Uh, they uh, have left Nalini, uh, who have now gone to Team DSM, uh, and that Cofidis will now be wearing the uh, decathlon stocked brand Van Rysel, which is an interesting move. I didn't, okay. uh, I, I, I didn't really know too much about Van Rysel. They uh, they've been a, a, a brand of decathlon for a while. Um, I think they were launched by decathlon. I could be wrong. All very interesting. Yellow jersey with uh, the photos that were released recently. Their kit is going to be released tomorrow officially, so it could be that the yellow jersey that we've been seeing on the uh, on the Instagram uh, profiles of riders could just be a bit of a training top or an over or a jacket or a, an overlayer. Okay, I think we saw Trek doing that with Bontre a few years ago. Like they had a yellow training top, didn't they, for visibility purposes, and then switched to something else for racing. So yes, yeah. it's quite common. It's quite common now for lots of teams to have uh, a training color. Um, promoting the rider's safety when they're not racing. Then the Ineos Grenadiers have the, right, the yeah. bright orange. Um, so all about increasing rider visibility when they're training and looking after the riders. Um, that's that's a big, important thing to be factoring in. It's after all these guys, it's their nine to five job. So, you know, workplace safety and all that, that we have to abide by in the office. Uh, <laughs> their office is on the road. So keeping them safe is also very important. Next on in, in sort of the uh, the kit changes, uh, Intermarche Wanted Gobert, uh, they're going to be using no pins. And I think that was announced sort of halfway through last season as well. Uh, no pins, really famous for, de- for developing that uh, skin suit pocket, uh, n- number pocket technology, um, which funnily enough required no pins. Um, was, uh, it, was a, it was a great move for them um, to developing that uh, number pocket and They've developed skin suits as well, and uh, developed some really fast skin suits. Um, I know, th- I know, there's been tangible differences over uh, over competitors in the past. So it'd be interesting to see what they've developed in the uh, for for this year with uh, with Intermarche Wanting a Bear. So that's also quite a quite a, a, a good change as well for them. As a, a British company as well, isn't it? which is you know, good as a British Another uh, British company, uh, yeah. Resident to see them doing well. So they, yeah, come a long way in a, in a short amount of time. So. I'm surprised it's a, I guess they have a good pattern on it, but nobody else has copied it or imitated it yet. Because uh, safety pin seems such an arcane way to attach a number. And if you ever tried to attach a number to a jersey using safety pin, so it's just, I mean, it's so old fashioned, isn't it? It must be a better way. And they come up with a better way. So surprising more companies haven't really copied them, really. Yeah, we've seen, we've seen pockets on the back of, on the back of skin suits, you know, for the last number of years, really. Um, however, are they all are they all being done by no pins? I don't quite know. Um, you know, uh, okay, yeah. who, who's attaching the speed pockets onto these things? Um, but it, it is now being a bit more commonplace on the skin suits. Uh, but the tech in terms of putting it onto the road uh, uh, jerseys or the road race suits, um, I don't quite know if any of the other any of the other teams are doing that. Uh, what about Nalini? They're now working with Team DSM, are they? Yes. Yeah, so Nalini, they're working with DSM. DSM were. Uh, 
I think they were with Bioracer, um, and they were developing their own skin suits with um, uh, with them uh, last year. We saw uh, on the sprint stages uh, the sprinters having a very weird looking skin suit with a. I, th- I think it had the latex shoulders. Um, lots of aerotech going into their skin suits and, the, and it had the funny sleeves as well i think they called them didn't, didn't they call them something like sprint sleeve um with the with the trips um uh, to help the airflow over the arms uh, all very marginal gains uh, i don't know if they're going to still keep some of that technology back that they've developed themselves uh, but that's an interesting switch up as well and then i think some of the some of the uh, the news that we, we we could have missed really was uh, the yellow jersey uh, the yellow jersey for the last uh, in the last five years, uh, plus at least, has been made by uh, Lecoq Sportif. Uh, and then uh, this year it was announced that Santini would take over making the yellow jersey. And then Santini already make the uh, uh, the red jersey for the uh, the Vuelta Espana. Uh, so it's, it's sort of another ASO race that Santini is coming over to. Uh, it's good news for the leader of the general classification and the leader's jersey because uh, it means they're actually going to have some very good dedicated tech. Um, the Cox Sportif has spent a lot of money developing uh, skin suits. Compare that to a Santini skin suit. I think a Santini one would be a bit faster. Skin suits play a massive part, and it, we, we really can't undermine how much of a role that they have, um, in especially in a time trial. Um, you know, 80% of a total drag is down to the rider. Um, and most of the rider is made up of their body, which is funnily enough where a skin suit comes into play so really important to be focusing on that but also we, we also don't need to get too absorbed into it because a rider who's strong enough will win um as long as they race sensibly so the tech is tech is good to to look at but also it's not going to be the be all and end all it's quite a few changes there. i'm surprised how many clothing changes there are really. more clothing changes than bikes wheels or group sets this year so last year we had the big merry-go-round of uh of the cervello uh scott and uh, Bianchi bikes this year we've got a merry-go-round kit so uh, it, it, it swings some roundabouts uh, in a couple of years time we'll have the we'll be in the same position yeah yeah absolutely yeah it's always a, a bit of fun uh keeps on our toes and um gives something to uh, talk about this time of year before the racing starts as well so um yeah let us know down below which bikes what kit um you're most excited about and if you've got your own observations as well do let us know down below if we missed anything and I mean, we're doing this on the 5th of January, so a lot of bikes and teams haven't released their new stuff yet. So hopefully we'll do a follow-up, but do let us know down below. Uh, so Matt, uh, thanks for your time today. Um, Thank you very much for having me. Going through some of the, uh, oh, my pleasure, going through some of the techie details on the Pro Peloton and yeah, keep your eyes peeled uh, for more uh, hot bikes and stuff coming very soon. But for myself and Matt, uh, thanks so much for watching. Don't forget to like and subscribe and we'll see you all again very soon.